Today's Christian Questions. It's Christmas. Do you know where your heart is? Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions Talk Radio with a Purpose with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone. Jonathan, the best part is this. We talk and you listen, and then you talk and we listen. You can also contact us at our website, ChristianQuestions.com. I'm Rick. And I'm Jonathan. And folks, we are truly glad you've chosen to spend some time with us on this fine Sunday morning. And Jonathan, we have a special topic today, don't we? We certainly do, Rick. And our question this morning is, what are you getting for Christmas? Okay. And our theme text is found in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. For today, in the city of David... There has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And Jonathan, just think, in just a few days, the anticipation will be over, and we'll be able to finally open all those presents. We will finally get to see if what we get is what we really wanted, or if we end up with some lame gift. Wait a minute. Slow down. Time out. Has it really come down to that? Have we taken the value of the day on which we, the world acknowledges the birth of its Savior? and made that day so small as to be about me. The good news is, there's still time. Can we still find the real meaning of Christmas? Folks, stay with us this morning, because that's what we're going to do. We're going to be focusing on the real meaning of Christmas. And Jonathan, uh, because this is a special Christmas program... Yes, it is. We are setting up a little bit differently. We will not be doing on-air calls this morning, but we will certainly take your calls if you'd like to participate. We'll uh, work you into our conversation at 866-985-4255. So, again, no on-air calls, but certainly feel free to uh, join us, 866-985-4255. Sit back, relax. We're talking about the story, the true, real story of Christmas. We will look at this event with a... Did you ever wonder, perspective, chapter one, did you ever wonder how heroes of faith were able to overcome doubts about seemingly impossible things? This chapter is about the experiences of Zacharias and Elizabeth becoming the parents of John the Baptist. The two of them were faithful and the scriptures say that they were righteous and in the sight of God. Zacharias served the people as a priest of God and in spite of their lifetime of faithfulness, his wife Elizabeth was childless. So, as is the course of nature, they grew older, their physical vibrancy began to wane, and so their hopes and prayers for children perhaps did wane as well. Yet, they went on with their lives, humbly serving God humbly submitting to his will. They were childless, a state that was often thought of as unblessed and incomplete. Perhaps their neighbors quietly wondered what they could have done to be bereft of such blessing. Perhaps Zacharias and Elizabeth wondered the same thing. Then one day when Zacharias was serving in the temple, An angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right on the altar of incense. Zechariah was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. 
But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. Great fear and great exhilaration gripped Zacharias all at once. So, just like that, there was an answer to the years of humility and prayer before God. Not only was it an answer, it was an answer delivered by an angel. A child, their child, and it was to be a boy. They had heard, their God had heard their prayers. He not only had heard them, he answered them and even named their son before he was conceived. Zacharias's mind must have begun to race as the initial fear subsided and the reality of the moment began to sink in. Now the questions. Now the doubts. This, 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 this was impossible. Why, why, why me? Why here? Why now? Why the angel? Why the name? Why? The angel continued. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. Okay, so he's going to be special, very special. He will be a great man. More than that, he will be a great man in the sight of Almighty God? He will, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit? How? How is this possible? There was more. The angel continued. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and to the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. The more the angel spoke, the more the questions would have burned in Zacharias' mind. My son will turn the hearts of Israel back to God? How would he do this? He is to be a forerunner to... No, 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 wait, wait, this can't be, wait. I, I recognize those words from the prophet Malachi, the last words spoken of the last prophet of God from over 400 years ago. They were a prophecy of the coming... My son is to be the forerunner of Messiah? I just don't see how this can happen. You're listening to Christian Questions with Jonathan and Rick. Our subject this morning, what are you getting for Christmas? We're not taking any on-air calls, but we'd certainly like to hear from you at 866-985-4255. So the table was set for the prophecies to come to pass. You see, a promise spoken by God is a guarantee of the future. For His Word is the reality from which life's events are modeled. Zacharias was privileged to stand between the two great testaments of God. He would literally be father to the final prophet of the Old Testament, the man John the Baptist who would prepare the way for the coming of Jesus, the Messiah, and the coming of the New Testament, the new promise of God. The doubt was too much for Zacharias. After all, none of this made any logical sense. 
He took a deep breath. He faced the angel, for he needed answers. He would ask for more from the angel, for he needed to be sure. His question, though a bold one in his own mind, somehow didn't present such authority once spoken. How, uh, how will I know this for certain? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. The angel was quick to respond. I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. I am Gabriel? The angel's words echoed in Zacharias' mind. I am Gabriel? This surely was one of the most high in all of the Almighty's spiritual creation. Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, Gabriel himself, sent to deliver me this miraculous news. I am, I, I am speaking to Gabriel, and I am doubting. Gabriel continued, And behold, you shall be silent, unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Unable to speak, even at that very moment, Zacharias felt his speech leave him. Unable to speak, I, I have been visited by a holy angel of the Almighty, and I can tell no one about it? Zacharias thought a moment. Doubt. Doubt in the face of God's power and mercy does bring consequence, but it does not cancel his power and mercy. What a glorious God we have. Praise be unto God. Praise be unto his name. I praise him for his plan. I praise him for his creation. I, I praise him for my silence. For it is in this quietness that I am strengthened. When the days of this priestly service were ended, he went back home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant. And she kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among men. So even in the face of a long-forgotten hope and under the circumstances of unlikely events, God's blessings would take root and grow. Elizabeth took this news with great humility, and once pregnant, she kept herself in seclusion. Perhaps as a precaution due to her age. Perhaps as a special time for prayer and meditation. Perhaps as a time to marvel at the mercy of God. For the will of God is sure, and the plan of God is complete. All we need to do is wait for His timing.
So, Jonathan, as we look at the drama beginning to unfold in this story, the real story of Christmas, the story of the birth of Jesus, there's so many uh, elements that we just generally don't even think about. I mean, the, the, whole, the whole thing with Zacharias usually just kind of falls by the wayside. And it's quite fascinating to see that develop. And, and folks, we want to remind you uh, that... Uh, that Although we're not taking on-air calls, you can certainly give us a call at 866-985-4255, toll-free 866-985-4ALL, uh, and, and let us know what you think. We'll see if we can work your, your, your comments into our program. Um, this is a great program for Seeker Rewind, the full edition. It really is. Because the entire transcript will be in Seeker Rewind, the full edition, the entire transcript of the entire story. Graphics, illustrations, bonus material. It's all there, ChristianQuestions.com. Sign up for CQ Rewind, the full edition. It is a free service, so you don't want to miss out on that. This is a great opportunity to uh, get the real story of Jesus and Christmas in your heart and mind. You're listening to Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, what are you getting for Christmas? Coming up, Zacharias and Elizabeth dealt with the improbable. What are you to do when you're asked to do the impossible? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, what are you getting for Christmas? We're not taking any on-air calls, but we'd certainly like to hear from you at 866-985-4255. Also, our website is ChristianQuestions.com. And, Jonathan, today we are simply telling the story of Christmas, and hopefully telling it with some details in a way maybe that you're not familiar with. In the first segment, we were talking about Zacharias and Elizabeth dealing with the improbable, being old and yet being told that their son, John the Baptist, would be the forerunner of Jesus the Messiah. And just imagine the, the, almost the shock to the system that that w- would have had for them. And, uh, of course, we know that uh, Zacharias was, was unable to speak until the, uh, the baby was born. So that was chapter one, dealing with the improbable. Let's continue with chapter two. Chapter two. Did you ever wonder how Mary was able not only to accept the unlikely proclamation by the angel but how she could live with all of the baggage that came with it. After all, what Mary was told was impossible. How do we respond to that which is impossible? We have seen the results of doubt, perhaps justifiable doubt, based upon our own human imperfection. And we have seen how the mercy and compassion of our God understands that doubt can bless us anyway. But what about the experience of impossibility? What about the experience of being faced with something so contrary to reason that it resides not even in our imagination, but beyond it? Mary was faced with such a reality. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. 
Again, we see the angel Gabriel reappearing now six months after Elizabeth conceived. This time, the circumstances were near opposite. Elizabeth had been old and married. Mary was young and only engaged. Gabriel had spoken to the husband the first time. Here he spoke to the young bride-to-be. His greeting was one of great favor, yet Mary's reaction was confused and fearful. An angel of the Most High God speaking to me? An angel? For what reason? What has happened that there is such favor and blessing upon me? The angel continued, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Questions would have begun to swirl in Mary's head. Me? Have a son? And his name is to be Jesus. His name will be Deliverer. How can it be that he is to be called the Son of the Most High? And how is it that he will be a king? We have no king under this harsh Roman rule, and not only a king, but a king with an everlasting reign. His kingdom will have no end? What manner of blessing is this? Why should such privilege come upon me? And then, barreling into her mind, came the question that needed answering above all else. For faith could perceive of these other things. But this one question could not be fathomed. How can this be, since I am a virgin? Gabriel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason the Holy Child shall be called Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth will also conceive a son in her old age, and she who was called barren, is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. Well, the angel had answered, an answer so unexpected and so out of the ordinary that for most it would have been overload. But for Mary, Gabriel's last words must have rung true in the deepest recesses of her young heart. For nothing will be impossible with God. And so Mary would be able to respond to that which was not possible in the strength of her faith. Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You're listening to Christian Questions with Jonathan and Rick. Our subject this morning... What are you getting for Christmas? We're not taking any on-air calls, but we'd certainly like to hear from you at 866-985-4255 and our website, ChristianQuestions.com. Back to our story. For Joseph, this would have been a unique and fearful dilemma. What should he do? He could have sent Mary away in public shame, but the scriptures tell us that he was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her. 
so he determined to send her away privately, as was his right, for he respected Mary. He would sleep on the decision. And as he slept, an angel of the Lord came to him in a dream, and the angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Well, this certainly was an explanation, and though it seemed far-fetched, it did carry with it clear direction and a godly purpose. The angel continued, Now all this took place to fulfill that was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means, God with us. Joseph awoke with a start and thought a moment. This was not some far-fetched explanation at all. Rather, it was a fulfillment of prophecy, and not just any prophecy, but the prophecy of the Messiah. Mary, my espoused, was carrying the Savior of all, and I, Joseph, would have the opportunity and privilege to raise him to manhood. Glory be to God. So we can see how a fear of the impossible can, by the grace and overruling power of God, be turned to faith that sees through the impossible. For Mary and Joseph, this would be their experience. Let us listen to what Mary said when she visited Elizabeth upon being given this most precious gift of mothering the Son of God the Savior of all men. My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regard for the humble state of his bondslave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Israel his servant in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. Fear of the impossible can, by the grace and overruling power of God, be turned to faith that sees through the impossible.
Jonathan, as we continue with our story, you think about the impossible that Mary and Joseph had to deal with, and it is truly remarkable how they were able to react to that. It really is. It just you, you just you, I can't even imagine being in that situation, especially in those days. You know, today somebody is pregnant out of wedlock, and that's like, well, that's just what happens. But, but then, but then, oh, the disgrace. Uh, yeah, and that would have been the point. It would have been an incredible disgrace. And Mary, such a young, young woman, basically looked upon the potential for that disgrace, and who's going to believe her? But she humbly accepted exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. And, and so did Joseph. And, and it took a little bit for Joseph. Oh, yeah. He needed that dream. Any he, guy it would have taken. That's right. <laughs> and, and, and to realize that not only was this something out of the ordinary, but this was something that would change the world. The, the birth of the Messiah coming through them. And again, we see faithfulness on the part of individuals uh, who were uh, just wanting to serve God in any way that they could, any way that they knew how, so that they could do whatever their part was. Little did they know that their part was so big. And we want to hear what you have to say about today's program. Post your comments on our Facebook page and our blog. Go to ChristianQuestions.com. So, the story of Jesus, the story of the birth of Jesus and the true meaning of Christmas continues. You're listening to Christian Questions with Jonathan and Rick. Our subject this morning, what are you getting for Christmas? We're not taking on-air calls, but we certainly look forward to hearing from you. Coming up, so what would you like to have, uh, what would it have been to ride a donkey all the way from Bethlehem being pregnant? You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan, here with Rick, our subject this morning. What are you getting for Christmas? To be a part of our program, uh, and if you have any comments, give us a call at 866-985-4255. We're not taking any on-air calls, but we'd certainly like to hear from you. And our website, 
ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, as we have gone through this story, we have looked at the impossibility uh, and improbability, uh, both with improbability with Zacharias and uh, Elizabeth and impossibility with Joseph and Mary and how they, they, they manage those things. And so now we're going into the third chapter of our story. Chapter 3. Did you ever wonder what it would have been like to be a part of the whole Bethlehem experience? To have seen the star, or heard the angel sing, or to have seen the baby Jesus? What a gift! How do we not only grasp, but always remember the miracle of new life? There was a newness of life for all of the world that had its small earthly beginnings on that special day in Bethlehem. Think of the greatest joys of life that you have ever heard or experienced, and inevitably you will think about the birth of a child. This is an event that marks an end and a beginning. It is the end of a nine-month pregnancy that literally has a physical attachment needing to be cut, and it marks the beginning of a new viable human life whose attachments can now grow exponentially and in all directions. Any birth is a miracle, but the birth of Jesus. Now that was a miracle of biblical proportions. His life was the most anticipated life in all of Jewish history. His life was, over thousands of years, the subject of hundreds of prophecies. A star would mark the location, and the heavens would be alive with joy and celebration as he entered the world. Miracle of miracles. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. The experience of Mary and Joseph 
was one of complete normality. There were no special provisions, no special exemptions, no special circumstances. Mary and Joseph were required to do what everyone else did, travel where everyone else traveled, and pay what everyone else paid. And they did, quietly and without fuss or fanfare, they made the inconvenient and uncomfortable trip to Bethlehem. Think how often along the way Joseph would have looked up at his beloved wife-to-be and asked, Mary, are you all right? Yes, Joseph, I am okay. Thank you. Do we need to stop? No, no, I want to get there as soon as we can. So let's keep going. I'll be all right. Is there something I can do to help you be more comfortable? No, your concern for us is already making me more comfortable. It gives me strength. Thank you. Their conversation with one another may have been sporadic and even disjointed at times, as they would have each drifted back to the conversation in their own hearts that weighed the significance of what the angel Gabriel had told them individually. Gabriel's words must have echoed in their minds. Perhaps Joseph recounted the dream and silently repeated the words of God's own messenger. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us? I am responsible for them? God, give me strength. Mary as well may have silently repeated the holy message that God's messenger had personally delivered. Hmm. Do not be afraid, Mary. That's right, don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Oh, I am surely blessed to carry and nurture the Deliverer. God, help me to dwell in the strength and courage of this favor, and not in the unsure dwelling place of my own fears. And they arrived in Bethlehem, and it was night. And Mary brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Thank you. 
fitting of places for the Lord of men to enter the world. After all, Jesus would live these humble beginnings each and every day for 33 and a half years. For it was through his humility that he would be able to pay the ransom price. So yes, a stable, a manger, and farm animals there to accompany Mary and Joseph as they welcomed Jesus to the world of men. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So the beginning of the fulfillment of the greatest prophecies of the Old Testament was in the solitude of night and in a stable. But for a select few, there rang out an angelic announcement. It came at a most humble audience of shepherds. Fitting, the baby Jesus would grow to assume the throne of David, who was once a shepherd himself. And the baby Jesus would grow to himself, become the great shepherd. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace good will toward men. Humility does not preclude heavenly celebration. Rather, it provokes it. It was in this manner that Jesus our Lord was born. So Jonathan, through this third chapter of our story, we have uh, the, the drama of, of the, 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 the trip to Bethlehem and the quietness and solitude of the manger and, and the stable and, and all of those things. The animal sounds, the 
but then the dramatic angels and the shepherds on the field. Now you wonder if if Joseph and Mary would have heard the angels singing, or or if they were. Hmm. Yeah, I always wonder about that yeah. part. But uh, actually, in the second hour, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the uh, the the role that the shepherds play uh, a l- little bit. So, folks, if we're not on in your area in the second hour, go to uh, ChristianQuestions.com, click Listen Live, and stay with us for the second hour. Because obviously the story, although we've gotten to the birth of Jesus, the story has much, much more uh, to be said. And Jonathan, one other thing before we wrap up this hour. Um, we are not taking on-air calls, but if you want to call in and leave your thoughts, we'll see, see if we can certainly work them in at 866-985-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. This is a great program for Seeker Rewind, the full edition. It really is. Because the entire transcript of the story, word for word, is going to be in that rewind. And that's a free service. It's available at ChristianQuestions.com. There's graphics. There's illustrations. Bonus material. Things that we don't have time to cover. And uh, all available. uh, And what's the cost of all that? It's a free service. (laughs) And there is no obligation. Free service. No obligation at ChristianQuestions.com. Sign up for Seeker Rewind, the full edition. It's really, really something that will enhance the experience. Uh, especially with this, of understanding what are we getting for Christmas. And, and, and Jonathan, I mean, that's a kind of a rhetorical question. It is, and I don't even like saying I know, it. I know, but the whole point <laughs> of that question is to say, what, what did we get for Christmas? And I'm going to keep making you say, say it the other All way, right. but right. that's the point, is what did we get for Christmas? And the answer is we got salvation for the world. We, we, we got the fulfillment of the centerpiece of all of biblical prophecy, Hey, so that when you when somebody asks you, so what did you get for Christmas? Do you have the courage to give that answer? Do you have the courage to say, what did I get for Christmas? I got the same thing you got, and that is salvation for the world because this is the day that the world celebrates the birth of Jesus, and he is the ransom price. Folks, uh, we are continuing in the second hour with the story, so we want you to really stay with us for that. Uh, leave your comments and questions and uh, so forth on Facebook. You can tweet us if you'd like or email us at rick at christianquestions.net. For Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, it's all about the story of Jesus. It's all about the story of salvation. We're going to continue in the second hour, but till then, what did you get for Christmas? Think about it. is Christian Questions. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. The question is, what's it looking like in your heart? Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Christian Questions Talk Radio with your breakfast with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Jonathan, this morning is a very special Christian Questions. We are talking about the birth of Jesus. That's right, Rick. And our question is, what are you getting for Christmas? (laughs) And our theme text is found in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. 
For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And Jonathan, as we go through the story, uh, in the first hour we went through the improbability of uh, the experience of uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, the parents of John the Baptist. And then we went through the impossibility of the virgin birth with, with Mary and Joseph and what they had to deal with. And, and then uh, afterwards we went through the actual the, 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 uh, nativity and the, and the birth of Jesus and so forth. So we're, we're telling the story uh, and trying to put Christmas in its proper perspective. And uh, so uh, there are no on-air calls today, but again, if you'd like to call, we'd uh, love to hear from you. We've had a few folks calling in the, in the um, first hour. We'll get to that uh, soon. But uh, again, our number is 866-985-4255. And Jonathan, this is a great program to get on Seeker Rewind, the full edition. That's right. Uh, there's bonus material, graphics, illustrations. It's a partial transcript based on the subject. And it's great to read the program as you listen at the same time, on the online. And this entire transcript will be beyond that. So, Jonathan, we've gone through those first three chapters of the story. Let's begin uh, for the second hour with Chapter 4. Chapter 4. Did you ever wonder what it would be like to have been part of the beginning stages of the life of Jesus? How do you express gratitude for the gift that redeems all mankind? We have been given a great gift. It is actually more than a gift, for without it, we as a race would live without hope. For this gift is the gift of a ransomed life. It is the gift of redemption, freely given to every man, woman, and child who has ever breathed. It is a gift of such magnitude that it will take an eternity to say thank you. There is little written about the life of Jesus as a baby and as a boy. We know the following. The wise men sought Jesus out and found him so as to pay homage to the baby who would be king. They followed the star, avoided conflict, and brought Jesus gifts. The gifts of the three wise men were significant as they represented the path of Jesus' life. Gold represented obedience and consecration. Frankincense represented praise, devotion, heart adoration, appreciation, and gratitude. Myrrh represented submission, a willingness for service to the extent of bitterness and suffering. While we don't really know much about Jesus and his relationship with Joseph, we can be sure that Joseph was a man of great faith and integrity. Such a man would most certainly care for and raise Jesus to manhood through the eyes of responsibility and fidelity to God. Such a man as Joseph would also love the baby Jesus and protect him and perhaps, perhaps even sing to him. Go to sing my song This manger for your bed You have a long road before you rest Your little 
Christian Questions with Jonathan and Rick. Our question this morning, what are you getting for Christmas? We're not taking any on-air calls, but we'd certainly like to hear from you at 866-985-4255 and our website, ChristianQuestions.com. Sometimes the greatest thank you we can give is the gift of recognition. Looking behind us and recognizing that the plan of God has unfolded, looking around us and recognizing that the plan of God is unfolding, and looking before us to anticipate the plan of God continuing to unfold. Recognition of a gift. That's what Simeon did just eight days after Jesus' birth. And when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days for their purification were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord. Again, this reminds us that Mary, Joseph, and Jesus are given no special entitlement or dispensation. They are simply given opportunity to show their faith. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. 
and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. Here was a man who had not forgotten hope, who had not allowed doubt or fear to rule his heart. Rather, he lived in anticipation and expectation of God's gift. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. Being aged, the only thing Simeon looked forward to in his life was a glimpse, just a glimpse of God's gift of redemption. He sees the baby, he takes him in his arms, and he knows that his life is now complete. For in my arms I hold the hope of the world. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. Simeon realizes the full import of redemption. I have seen your salvation with my own eyes. He is a light that even reaches to all Gentiles. He is a light that is the glory of Israel. This light, now just a baby, but this baby is the hope of the world. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed, and a sword will pierce even your own soul, to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Simeon also knew that with great accomplishment comes great sacrifice, sometimes heartbreaking sacrifice. So with all that we don't know about the early life of Jesus, what we do know is simple. Prophecy is recognized. Gratitude is prevalent. Holiness is encouraged. Israel that forms in love.
Jonathan, you look at the experience of uh, Joseph and the lullaby, and that, that's just touching because we don't know, but you can certainly imagine. Uh, we look at the experience of Simeon the prophet and his exuberance in realizing that he ha- his life was now fulfilled by just being able to see Jesus. They both n- felt the privilege that they had. Exactly. And uh, we also, in the first hour, we received a call from Julius from Connecticut and Esther from Indiana, uh, both with encouragement along the lines of uh, the true meaning of Christmas and how we want to keep things in its right perspective. And again, folks, uh, we're not taking on-air calls, but if you want to call in, it's 866-985-4255. We'd love to hear from you as we tell the Christmas story, which is the most important story we can tell at this time of year. You're listening to Christian Questions with Jonathan and Rick. Our question this morning, what are you getting for Christmas? Coming up, we've already talked about Mary and Joseph. What about the shepherds? What was their reaction? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back to Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our question this morning, what are you getting for Christmas? We're not taking on-air calls this morning, but we'd certainly like to hear from you at 866-985-4255. And we are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 in our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, in the last segment, we began talking about Jesus as a child and his experience perhaps with Joseph and, and the experience with Simeon. Now we're on to chapter 5. Chapter 5. Did you ever wonder how those who were present applied the experiences surrounding the baby Jesus to their lives? Did his mere presence change things? What about when he was a boy? How do we capture all of these lessons for our journey forward? Up to this point, we have seen angels, miracles, and prophecy fulfilled. We have seen doubt, fear, and tentativeness. We have seen the joy of life and the joy of God's gift. We have seen faith and fulfillment. All of these things, and yet we have only looked upon the circumstances surrounding the birth of the infant Jesus. His life, yet to be lived. His humility, yet to be discovered. His ransom price, yet to be paid. Why all of these magnificent events before his life's works even get started? Because every journey of significance needs ample preparation to see it through. Thank you. 
back to the shepherds who were told of Jesus' birth. Did something change? When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. These shepherds knew that they were part of something much bigger than they had ever conceived to be possible. They acted in faith, and they acted right away, and they found Mary and Joseph. The baby lay quietly in a manger. Think of the tranquility and peace of the moment as they lay their eyes on their future Savior. This was Jesus, the one who would save the world. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. To go and see him was one thing. To take this miracle and publish it amongst the people, that was another. These were just shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as he had been told. For Mary, this was a time of awestruck wonder. She'd been living in faith for the last nine months, and now that Jesus was born, her faith would begin to take on a new meaning. All that she saw, she treasured, for it was told her what Jesus would be.
There is little written about Jesus before his 30th year and the beginning of his ministry. We can assume that his childhood experiences were filled with important lessons of faith, life, and purpose. Let's look in on the one experience we do know about when he was a very, very young man. And when he became twelve, they went up according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of it, but supposed him to be in the caravan, and went a day's journey, and they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. We could look at this and say, well, there's a typical 12-year-old boy, preoccupied and not paying attention. Oh, how far off we would be with such a judgment. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. This had gotten serious. Missing for a day, and then an additional three days looking throughout Jerusalem, I imagine they would have looked in all of the typical places, and I imagine that their anxiety and grief over their lost son would have been almost too much to bear. And then he was found, and he was safe. And he said to them, Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Now here is a curious thing. Jesus is bewildered. What? Didn't you know where I would be? All of the things you have taught me about doing my Father's will, I'm doing them. I am in my Father's house learning about my Father's business. Of course I'm here. I could be no other place. All of this from a 12-year-old. Imagine all of this from a 12-year-old. And Mary, she treasured these things in her heart as she watched her baby grow from infant that the angel sang about to the boy seeking his God to the man who would save the world. So Jonathan, that is our, uh, what is that, our fifth chapter in the story of, the real story of Christmas. And you know, we're asking the question, uh, well, what, what, are, what are you getting for Christmas? And uh, the whole point of this, folks, is to say, okay, well, what are we getting for Christmas? Well, what did we already get for Christmas? The most important thing. The most important gift is the gift of a life given so that the rest of us could have a life. And that's really what the, the whole story and the whole experience of Jesus is all about. And so, folks, as we, as we, as we tackle the, the tinsel and the trees and the lights and the presents and the Santa Clauses and, and all of the stuff... Let's just stop, look, and listen, and absorb the power of the story of Jesus. You're listening to Christian Questions with Jonathan and Rick, 
And our subject this morning, what are you getting for Christmas? And Jonathan, this is a very, very good program to subscribe to Seeker Rewind, the full edition for if you haven't already done it. And I, we know that many, many, many of you have. But for those of you who haven't, uh, Seeker Rewind, the full edition is a very unique publication. Yes, it is, Rick. There's bonus material, there's graphics, there's illustrations. It's a Bible study per topic. And with this particular program, the entire transcript of the story, every, word for word, is going to be in uh, Seeker Review on the full edition. It's not usually the entire transcript, especially because I talk so fast. <laughs> <laughs> but for this time, uh, we, are, we are putting it all together into the, that transcript because we want you to have it. We want you to have it. And follow the pattern of the story. It's available at ChristianQuestions.com. It's a free service. There's no obligation. So there's nothing to do but to sign up. I mean, that's the whole point. Enjoy. That's right. Sign up. Enjoy it. It's something that's there for you. We have a, a team of, of volunteers that works on that very, very hard each and every week. Uh, Seeker Rewind, the full edition, exclusively available at ChristianQuestions.com. So, Jonathan, as we begin to wrap up this particular segment, the big question on our hearts and minds is, where is Jesus in our hearts and minds? Is, is, is he crowded out by the rest of everything else? Or is Jesus front and center as we as we go through the Christmas season? One, one of the things I remember when you know we tried really hard to teach our kids you know what Christmas is all about, and I'll, I'll never forget we have a, a, a video of uh, Christmas morning, and uh, Tim was very very young, and uh, so what's Christmas all about, Tim? And he said in his little little boy voice, maybe four or five years old, "Happy birthday, Jesus!" And, <laughs> and that's really what we want to get to as we look at Christmas and the holiday and all that's happening. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, what are you getting for Christmas? Coming up, the real story of Christmas is really inspirational. So why is it now just a small part of Christmas and trees and presents overtake the real meaning? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back to Christian Questions with Jonathan and Rick. Our subject this morning, what are you getting for Christmas? To be a part of our program, uh, call 866-985-4255. We're not taking live uh, online calls, but we sure would love to hear from you. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And we've been talking about the story of Jesus and the, the events before, during, and after the birth of Jesus. And, uh, Jonathan, for this segment, we wanted to take a little bit of a different track here because we've gone through the, the, the events around what we celebrate traditionally as Christmas. Um, so let's take a look now at our last chapter. Chapter 6. Did you ever wonder how we got to where we are now? How is it that the holidays, which bears the name Christ, had so completely lost its way? We have a shortened version of a revised version of Twas the Night Before Christmas we would like to share with you. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the town, not a sign of baby Jesus was anywhere to be found. The people were all busy with Christmas time chores, like decorating and baking and shopping in stores. No one sang away in the manger, no crib for a bed. Instead, they sang of Santa dressed up in bright red. Mama watched Martha Stewart. Papa drank beer from a tap. 
as hour upon hour the presents they'd wrap. When what from the television did they suddenly hear? A newsflash, an ad, a big sale at Sears. So away to the mall they all flew like a flash, buying some things on credit and others with cash. As they made their way home from their trip to the mall, did they think about Jesus? Oh no, not at all. Their lives were so busy with their Christmas time things, no time to remember Jesus Christ as their king. There were presents to wrap and cookies to bake. How could they stop and remember who died for their sake? To pray to the Savior, they had no time to stop because they needed more time to shop till they'd drop. <laughs> and again, that sort of helps us to understand the uh, where we are, where we are with Christmas. And really what we need to do is we need to develop ourselves and find the silent nights. What we really need is a reality check, a way to get back to what's important. I made this same mistake before Too many malls, too many stores December traffic, Christmas rush It brings me to love, push and show Children are crying while mothers are trying To photograph Santa and sleigh Shopping and buying and standing forever in line what can I say? I need a silent night, a holy night, to hear an angel voice through the chaos and the noise. I need a midnight clear, a little peace right here to end this crazy day. The silent night. That's what we need. We need a silent night. We need perspective. So let's take a quick look at some scripture and get ourselves perspective as we deal with all the rest of the fuss. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God. The Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice, from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now, that gives us perspective. That helps us look forward and say that's the gift of the true meaning of Christmas. Now, just look. Just because we put things into perspective doesn't mean we can't have fun and enjoy the extraordinary creativity that surrounds the Christmas season. And Jonathan, it, we, are, we are overloaded with great creativity and it's fun. So let's just drop in on some of that fun. And folks, this one I know you're all going to recognize. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. 
You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. I love the Grinch. <laughs> I love the story. Okay, I love it, and you know, you, because it, it teaches the lesson of, of of the true meaning of Christmas. And while in the in the cartoon it doesn't actually say it, it really alludes to it. And and I and I really appreciate that. So yes, the fun is good. The fun is okay. The fun is part of it. And we just want to put that fun, though, in the perspective of what the most important thing is. What is the real eternal reason for the season? Well, Daniel 2.44 gives us a hint on that one. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. And that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms, but it will itself endure Forever. And what a powerful promise that is inside of that prophecy about the kingdom of God uh, that will never be destroyed. And in the days of these other kings is when it rises up. It, see, it takes so, – so, so the mess of the world is all part of prophecy. And that's the good news of what Christmas is really all about. And everything will get fixed. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Daddy, can you fix this? Yes, he can. And yes, he is. Just give him time. Again – what we need is we need to get back to a silent night. Let's go back to Amy Grant's song. December comes and disappears Faster and faster every year Did my own mother keep this pace? Or was the world a different place? Where people stay home, wishing for snow, watching three channels on their TV. Forget us now, rushing around, trying to buy Christmas peace. I need a silent night, a holy night, to hear an angel voice through the chaos and the noise. I love that song, Jonathan, because it deals with all of the stuff and then says, but at the end of it, I need that silent night. Yes. I need to get back to the right perspective. And so, folks, as we go through all of the stuff, let's just not remember to come back to true north perspective. See, there was uh, an issue of justice that needed satisfying. Jesus came to satisfy it. And see, that's the perspective. That's the reason for the season. Justice needed satisfaction. First Timothy 2, 5, and 6 explains this to us. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. A ransom for all, a mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. What a powerful picture of why Jesus had to come as a man, why he had to grow up and be that ransom price. Let's go back to Amy Grant one more time. Last verse. I need a silent night. What was it like back there in Lord shone around them, and they were so afraid. 
For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. I need a silent night, a holy night, to hear an angel voice. And Jonathan, it's a matter of perspective. Let's look at Isaiah 35, 5 through 10 to see the results. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the layman leap as an heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. So folks, what are you getting for Christmas? Hopefully you're getting and giving the real story about the real birth of the real Savior. The six chapters presented here this morning are meant to inspire you, inspire you to a greater appreciation of Jesus and his mission as the Son of God coming to this earth to pay a debt that he didn't owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. So for Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, Merry, Merry Christmas to you all. Be sure to truly keep Christ on the day I and always in your hearts. Till next time, think about it. Stars are